Hello and welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. On this series, we explore the opportunities and challenges facing the higher education business office. And on this episode, we're going to take a dive into student data, student debt data to be more specific. And why are we doing this? Well, our friends from Barry College in Mount Barry, Georgia, are going to tell us a bit more. I'm joined today by Penny Evans-Plants, the Chief Information Officer at Barry College, along with Zach Sherwin, Barry's Director of Enterprise Analytics. Penny, Zach, so glad to have you here with us today. Thank you, glad Brian. To be here. It's wonderful to be here. Before we jump in, um, you're looking at student data at your institution, but but why? I mean, what, what is the problem you were all trying to solve here? So Barry's vision dating back to our founder, Martha Barry, who founded the college in 1902. So try to imagine that a woman in the rural South um, in 1902 founding a college. And so her initial vision or mission was to provide an education to those poor rural children who would not have had an opportunity for an education otherwise. But that's still a key part of our mission today, and we have a number of scholarship programs to really help students get through Barry without accumulating a lot of debt. So as a part of serving our students, we've recently begun to try to identify those at risk of graduating with excessive debt and intervening as quickly as possible. So we've been pretty good at identifying those students in recent years, but it took a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of manual work, um, and a lot of time and effort from several people on campus to be able to do that and then translate that into interventions. So this project has really helped provide a lot of ROI to that goal. So really just uh, taking a look here and making sure that your students aren't aren't leaving with ridiculous amounts of student debt, uh, uh, you know, that can be difficult. So I'm wondering if you could just walk us through this initiative. So you got your, your hands dirty here. What did, what did this look like? Back in late 2019, the enrollment management team really started to dive into understanding the distribution of student debt in different populations. For example, our uh, Pell recipients and those who might not have a, a high level of expected family income and trying to understand the impact of excessive debt on these different populations. So the problem was not that enrollment management couldn't accurately identify these students. As it turns out, we have a wonderful team of enrollment management analysts who were able to do an incredible job at identifying pretty early in the process students who were at risk for graduating with excessive debt downstream. The challenge was that creating these identifications and making them operationalizable took a lot of very manual effort. Uh, it, it, it was also not reusable. So once we did these analyses, we weren't easily able to recreate them without another tremendous amount of effort. And finally, sharing and distributing them was just a lot of work. And so as enrollment management was wrestling with these challenges of how to scale the work they were doing in understanding students likely to graduate with excessive debt, IT was having conversations with senior leadership on how we could begin investing in analytics infrastructure, on how we could help to create for the institution the kind of things that we would need to be able to create reusable, scalable, extensible analyses that could be shared securely and responsibly with others. 
And so the stars really aligned with the kind of work being done on the student debt side and IT's investment in analytics infrastructure. And this was a huge uh, first project for the enterprise analytics team. But I am uh, thrilled to say that with so much work and help from our enrollment management partners, it was tremendously successful. And we're so thrilled with how it all turned out. I mean, this sounds like certainly a cross-team effort here. Uh, that requires some kind of some some bold leadership. Was there was there a champion at your institution for this? And I mean, getting other you know different divisions involved. I mean, how do you get that kind of buy-in from all of those stakeholders? There has been, thankfully, a lot of um, buy-in from senior leadership as a whole for creating this analytics infrastructure. But in particular, our vice president of enrollment management, Andy Frazette, has been an amazing partner to really envision what data analytics can look like at Berry College. And once Zach was able to show such a quick return on investment and quick value from his analysis, buying across campus has been relatively easy. No kidding. Yeah, I, I, it's been great, that, actually. No, I think that's that's uh, that's one of those pleasant surprises, right? It Sometimes has with been. These, these kind of change efforts. So, you know, with working with all of these these other folks, no doubt there were roadblocks. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't presume to, to, that there were, but uh, maybe you could tell us maybe some challenges, hiccups, perhaps. Maybe we won't call them roadblocks. Yeah, of course. Well, there in our there are always going to be roadblocks and challenges with this kind of thing. There, of course, were some technical challenges, but technical challenges are really the most interesting kind of challenges to talk about. I will say that we were really happy. We were able to partner with an organization called Gensibar to use their analytics platform so that they took care of like the system administration and the engineering work. And we were able to really focus on doing the analyses themselves and working on the value add, the return on investment for the impact of all of this. So that was really beneficial for us. Some of the big challenges we faced were really not on the technical side. They were really more from the data culture perspective. Okay. So uh, we have people that have been doing analyses for years and years and years, and they're really good at their job. The challenge is for years, they've been doing ad hoc kind of work where they are working within their division or for a specific set of problems. And they're really well-trained and doing incredible work at ad hoc analyses. And the problem is that when you are used to doing your work for the kind of solutions and the kind of problems that present themselves for today, you're not used to thinking about it from an enterprise-level uh, analytics architecture perspective. It's a different kind of mindset to go into the problem. We found that in order for us to get past some of the challenges with changing the ways of thinking about analytics or our institution, we really needed to step back and focus on what is the culture like around analytics we ended up creating a team that we called the analytics leadership team. And it's modeled on something like a center of excellence model, where we are bringing together leaders and thought leaders from across the institution in different divisions, mostly not IT or tech people, uh, really pinning myself for the only folks in IT that are actually on the analytics leadership team, to come together and to look at, at an organizational level, what are the barriers we face to analytics adoption? Because with a project like this, where we're looking at student debt and operationalizing uh, the analytics work that we're doing, a lot of the challenges are going to come from people needing to trust either the data or the architecture or the process or the sharing and being willing to communicate openly. 
And what we really found was by investing in this kind of cultural work, we were able to increase the technical accuracy of our analyses. And here's why. So in the past, if someone were to do an analysis and problems, technical accuracy problems were identified, they would probably, you know, have concerns about it, go back and independently do their own ad hoc work again. But by investing in the infrastructure where we're encouraging people to really buy in, building relationships, building uh, engagement with the analytic system, what happens is when people find problems, when people have concerns about the technical accuracy of the data, they're they're reporting that. They're bringing that to the kind of people that can make an impact. And therefore, every time a problem is identified when you invest in trust, when you invest in engagement from early in the process, it actually makes the entire system stronger. We create a really positive feedback loop. And so by working early on, on addressing challenges and roadblocks involving not so much the technical accuracy kind of problems, but trust and buy-in and engagement problems, we found that downstream, many of the technical accuracy problems work themselves out over the long run. What Zach was talking about with building trust in within the team, within the system, and it's such a change that we have had to go through around changing that culture of how we look at data, how we evaluate data, how we analyze that, how we use it. We have we still have a ways to go on the maturity level, certainly at the college, but enterprise analytics has really helped us because Zach has brought together this cross-divisional group of people to really work together on this. And so it's breaking down those silos around data and is building a lot of trust among the, the groups of people, not just in the data, but with each other. Okay, so you've 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 built this and and you've you've got folks working together. I want to talk about the results. I think because that's right. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's kind of the exciting part. So so, what did you find? Um, what is the the kind of student debt situation there? So kind of walk us from from the analyses out and and tell us tell us where you are where you are now. Well, it's great. Um, we've been able to to make significant progress, but I want to step back for just a, a minute, and perhaps we should have started here, but, you know, why are we wanting to do this? You know, when you think about the impact to students when they graduate with excessive debt, or worse, if they leave the institution without a degree um, with excessive debt, um, what what does that do to the student? So, you know, it can impact retention. Um, if they see that they're that the debt is going to continue, they they may be less likely to continue their degree, um, and as well alumni satisfaction after they graduate. If they have a lot of debt, they are less likely to be satisfied with their experience at the college. So, implementing this analytics infrastructure has given us a much better, more sophisticated understanding of the debt situation, both the present as well as projected debt. And using that data has helped us pilot financial aid strategies for our entering students, which has led to a 10% drop in first-year students taking on loans. As well, while the pilot is still early, in the last three years, we've been able to reduce the average student loan debt by $3,500 per student. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot right now. It is a lot. (laughs) It it is a lot, and it can be very meaningful to those students long-term as well as short-term. And, of course, we want to continue down that path. 
And one thing that I'm excited about with this is that this is also just the first set of steps. There's so much more work to be done uh, because one of the changes in mindsets we're having through projects like this is to really think about reusable analytics infrastructure, to really think about how can we get out of the mindset of doing a student debt project, a student debt analytics project, and then moving on. How can we really invest in this as something that continues to grow and scale and connect to other initiatives? So one of the wonderful impacts that this has is this will enable downstream initiatives as well to really find a lot of success. And I'm excited to see not just for the current scope of this project, how it's been able to work, but how we're going to be able to use some of the work that we've done and let other departments start applying it and finding success. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I'm I'm sure frankly your your students are are obviously thrilled. Um has there been any um you know reactions there? How is the is is this something that's kind of happening behind the scenes? Is your institution kind of advertising this work? Uh, I'm, I'm always curious about kind of the outreach and communications on this too. I, I don't know if that's something you two could speak to or not. Yeah, only to a, only to a degree. But I can say that as an institution, we take a great deal of pride in our mission. It's very important that Barry really continue the mission of our founder, Martha Barry, and serve students who are academically able but come from economically poor backgrounds. And so this is very missionally aligned for us. And while I don't know if these initiatives in particular are, are being talked about with parents, the reality is that the impact it has has a very tangible effect on everything from the admissions perspective to financial aid counselors working with students. So whether students know immediately about what I think is very exciting, all the analytics work we're doing or not downstream, they very tangibly know that wonderful, amazing things are happening. And it's the result of Barry's investment in them. Well, and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, maybe maybe that's it, right? It's not so much the the necessary patting on the back, but it, it's certainly the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, as, as as I'm hearing some of this, and, and obviously we could spend an inordinate amount of time really getting into the weeds on this and, and exploring it further, I think about other organizations, you know, whether they're higher education or not, as they consider using analytics and, and harnessing the data that they have available to them, because goodness knows colleges and universities have just gobs and gobs of data available to them. As they're thinking about this and listening to us talking here just briefly today, the work that you're doing, you know, it's not necessarily, right, about uh, a tool or some shiny kind of thing, right? The, there, there's, there are people there that are doing that are doing this work. I mean, that's that's a pretty safe assumption, correct? Yeah, you nailed it, Brian. That's exactly right. So for us, success is really important to talk about from early on in a project like this. And it's really important to think about what success really looks like for real people. There are a lot of vendors who will be glad to sell you a solution for a lot of problems. There are a lot of exciting technologies, things like machine learning, that people are itching to get to apply right out of the gate to solve any kind of problem. We were able to avoid, thankfully, some of those temptations. In particular, I like to think about how it, we could have increased, I'm sure, the accuracy of our predictions by investing in machine learning right out of the gate, for example. But it would have been a mistake in our case because the problems we were facing weren't accuracy problems. It was time to uh, uh, value and return on investment and speed type problems. Right. And you so, said you had you, you knew you had a pretty good idea of who these yeah. students were and what their situation were. It was it was the 
yeah. turning it around quickly. Yes, but absolutely, though, if we misunderstood the problem from out the outset, we very much could have invested in the wrong things. We could have invested in trying to increase the accuracy when it would have been the wrong move. It is so important to focus on creating the kind of culture where people are willing to talk about the real problems on the table and talk about the real needs and what that impact will look like instead of being afraid of a conflict, a productive, healthy conflict when it comes to requirements, when it comes to user stories, understanding what people really do need to have happen is so important and really healthy for an institution. And afraid of failure. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, we're, we're so afraid of failing that we don't take enough risk. So we have to make sure that that everyone understands it's, it's okay to fail. We want to fail as fast as we can so that we can then move to the next solution or the next better option. That's right. Yeah. I like to tell folks that there is no application of data for any kind of decision making without the acceptance of risk. Risk management is an intrinsic part of analytics. And so embracing that and mitigating the risk instead of just trying to avoid it is absolutely key for success. So then what happens next? What happens next at Barry College as you kind of move forward with this and, and you're looking at the work you've done, kind of evaluating that? What What are the next steps? Where do we go from here? We're going to continue to refine our analysis as well as our financial aid strategies so we can continue to reduce the number of students with excessive debt as well as the average student loan debt. More broadly, though, we're going to continue to build data sets and do important analyses that can help the college make strategic data-informed decisions efficiently and effectively. Great. Before we wrap up here, I guess I would just say any any kind of final thoughts from you all. Again, as, as folks are listening and they may have questions, anything you would want to, to leave our, our listeners with? For me, one of the important takeaways with something like this is the importance of uh, IT being a strategic partner from the outset in conversations around things like analytics and applying data. If you're treating IT like an internal vendor, IT will often act like an internal vendor, and that can create an environment where it's very difficult to create the kind of healthy culture around analytics and data that you want, and especially difficult to create those kind of positive feedback loops. On the flip side, though, IT has some responsibility here, too. It's so important that IT not act like a, an internal vendor, but really act like a strategic partner and keep the institution's objectives in mind out of the gate. And in a project like this, uh, it really pays dividends when everyone is really focused on the key objectives objective, which is the mission of the institution. Yeah, you have to be mission focused. Absolutely. Everything has to flow from there. Now, I'll, I'll add some yeah, final thoughts, not, not to quote Nike, but just do it. Uh, you <laughs> need to you need to be agile. Don't wait until you have everything done, all the checkboxes checked, data governance set up, 100% accurate data, which will never happen, and all your stakeholders ready to move forward. You've got to create an iterative process and start creating value with your data, and then all the rest will follow. And not be afraid to fail. And not, not be, be afraid, afraid to, to fail. fail. All right. Well, then, I think that's a great, great note to to wrap on, because that, that is indeed all the time we have here for this episode. I want to thank you, Penny and Zach, for being here. This was, this was really a great conversation and really informative. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. All right. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners, and we hope you will tell a friend or a colleague about this podcast so that they and you can both join us on the next episode of Nakubo in Brief. Take care, everyone. <laughs>